Hey, welcome back to Alter the Minds of Stigma, where we give a voice to the voiceless, brought to you by on our own of Howard County Incorporated. I'm your host, Anthony, and with me we have our co-host, Najma. And Steven. Hey, good afternoon, wonderful people. On our own of Howard County Incorporated is a nonprofit wellness and recovery organization. You can find us find our center on Dobbin Road in Columbia, Maryland. You can visit our website on our own of hc.org. Any questions, comments, and concerns, you can email us at info at OOOHCI, or you can call us at 410-772-7905. In front of us, we have our very special guest, Mr. Jack Matthews. What's up, Jack? How are you doing today? All right, you come to us from Howard County Health Department. I do, as well as a bunch of other places, and we'll touch on some of them. Yes. <laughs> so, um, after all these rainy days, um, how is uh, everybody's mood? Because now we have a sunny day. For me, it's amazing, you know, just to come out and see the sun. It's been a blessing. You know, yeah, um, man. Spirit been raised, you know. Mm -hmm. Skin yeah. feels clear. I'm breathing a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. And like, I, I don't know if you guys have been feeling it, but I've been feeling it. The, the, the cloudiness and the rain and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because so. that happens with me. My uh, uh, When it's cloudy outside, my... Uh, or when it's cloudy without rain, for some reason my uh, my mood it it like locks up and it, like my uh, <clears throat> mood just like shuts down in a way. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Same thing. I mean. Yeah. It's, uh, the rain. You like the rain? Yes. Yeah, I love uh, it when yeah. it rains, but when it's cloudy uh, for cloud's sake, it's just... I love inside. Uh, yeah, it's the after effects of Hurricane Ian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love yes. the rain also. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So many yeah. days, no, though, in a row? No. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I don't mind, like, it rains and... Right, right. You know. No, uh, mm -hmm. like, like summer rain. I love summer rain. Too, like, like, oh, summer, summer rain? rain? Yeah. Summer yeah. rain! <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I like the free car wash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on now. Moving on to Mr. Jack Matthews. Yes, indeed. All right. So, in all, you know, if, for clarity, I asked you if um, there's anything you want off the subject, and you told me that my life is an open book. You know, I, I spent mm -hmm. so many years in a place where everything was hidden. And like the things that I was hiding in my life were the very most things that kept me in the place that I was in. So today, like I freely share my story, you know, with the hope that sometimes it can just get out there and reach one person who's maybe has some of the same struggles that I do. And, you know, so it's an open book. Right. Um, well, this is one of the things I was just bringing up to you. I said, wait, we're going to talk about it when we uh, do the podcast. But mm. you come in here from the health department and um. I'm like, oh, Jack is here, but man, Jack is always on the go. Mm -hmm. Like he'll come in, he'll come and do his thing, <laughs> and then he's like, I got something, I got to go do this, I got to do that. I got to. It's like, man, that guy don't rest for a second. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and why and, is that? And, um, I can't answer the question why, um, but I can tell you one thing that the beauty in it is that 11 years ago, no one wanted me around, right? Ooh. So I, I, I surrendered like to the process of recovery. Um, made a few changes in my life, um, um, became a little more sociable. You know, the disease of addiction that I, that, I, that I suffer from, right? I use the word suffer, but I really mean that I was blessed with, right? The mm -hmm. disease of addiction isolates us when you're in active addiction, right? As well as some mental health, you know, diagnosis. The disease isolated me for so long that, like, when I bust out the other side and got some freedom from it, um, so many people, be, you know, I, I attach myself to so many organizations, so many people and things like that, that I'm always in a position to be given something back. Right, so when you see me running from place to place, you know, some of it's work-related, some of it's recovery-related, right? Some of it's friends and relationships that I just have with people. Mm -hmm. um, it's because, like, um, God has put me in a position to always be giving back. And as long as I'm in that posture, which I like to call the posture of humility, right? As mm -hmm. allowing myself to be helped and helping someone else, right? That's where I stay. That's how I stay connected. It's like this, right? Mm-hmm. 
So you, it's funny, I, I like the, the term you use as far as like you said that, you said this, you know, the, the, what, the, what you're suffering from mm -hmm. is a, was a blessing. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Tell me how it started from with the suffering that, and then it turned into this blessing. Right, okay, sure. You know, um, uh, the disease of addiction kept me trapped until I was 47 years old. So I wouldn't understand some of the things that set me up early on in childhood that would prime me for when um, the feelings and emotions that I was experiencing would be introduced to the substance, right? Okay. You know, um, so meaning that like, I was an addict, right? Displaying addictive behaviors before I ever put a substance in me, right? And most of it was, um, so it's like we're addicts before we even before we even know we're addicts. For sure. Okay. For, for me. Okay. For this addict, right? Right. And the only reason I know that because I've done some internal work on myself. Like, you know, um, I participate in a few, a couple of twelve-step fellowships, right? And we talk about doing a searching and fearless more inventory, you know, and through a searching and fearless more inventory, I um, was able to uncover some Trump traumatic events, right, that happened when I was a kid, not. Not and that's before the events in the home, you know. Um, you know, I came up poor, right? Uh -huh. I watched my parents struggle a little bit, a lot. I shouldn't uh -huh. say struggle, a little bit. I watched them struggle, and then the community I was in, I, um, as a child, witnessed some things that children shouldn't witness. You know, uh -huh. I can I can remember one day, you know, um, I'm from West Baltimore. I can remember one day, um, some friends of mine, we were on the block playing Skelly, right? And, and, oh, I and you remember Skelly? Yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, a uh, a guy was walking down the street, and I and I'll never forget. It was a a flower van. I still remember the name that was on the. You know, they used to deliver flowers, right? And I can remember the van pulling up next to this guy I was nine years old. The, the van pulled up next to him. The side door slid open, and somebody jumped out and blew the guy's head off. Boom! Right in front of like eight little kids. Like, how do you process and deal with that, right? Uh -huh. um, so, you know, um, what that would do, it would um, give me post-traumatic distress. Like, every time something will pull up, I'm waiting for something like that right, to happen. And right. they, there will be many more events like that in my life, you know, coming up as a kid, you know, and through active addiction, I would become the one at the other end of that burrow several times. You know what I mean? Wow. It's, it's you know, you just bringing that up, you just made me... You gave me a childhood memory mm -hmm. where um, I was on my fire escape one time in Manhattan and I saw somebody running and then somebody running behind him and, mm -hmm. and the guy shot him. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm on the, you know, I see the whole thing and I didn't know how it would affect me until like the next day where I basically was not able to talk for about three weeks. Mm -hmm. yeah, like mm -hmm. I was just completely silent. My mom had to take me to a doctor and all yeah, stuff. But yeah. that's, I guess that's just how we. You know, I, I was born in Harlem, you in Baltimore. Right. Yes, these yeah. are things that we experience. Yeah, and and and, it, and we learn really early, right, about the flight or fight thing, right? Mm -hmm. Fight or flight, and 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 the thing that it does, and I hear it in your story as well, right? It is that it makes us shut down, right? Mm -hmm. So when I said that that was when I was nine years old, um, I came into recovery at the age of forty-seven. Wow! Right, do the math on that, and I wouldn't introduce heavy substances into my life until I was 19, but I did all of these starter things, right? That, um, you know, um, when I introduced um, Boone's Farm, right? And marijuana, Boone's Farm was a wine that my father drank, I, you know, and I would go on. <laughs> I was about to ask, right. what is this? And I was like, wait a minute. It's and like was, Thunderbird or Riches or something yeah. like that, right? It was, so, for so, us, it was like Crazy Horse. And right, right. Well, <laughs> difference in age, you know. <laughs> poor, poor man champagne. <laughs> like Fred Sanford used to say, sham pipples. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, it's funny, man, because like, when I introduced that stuff into me, you know, all of the um, feelings of seeing that guy's head being blown off, uh -huh. all of the feelings of seeing my father beat my mother, all uh -huh. of the feelings of being bullied and chased home and seeing all the other stuff, all of that went away temporarily, right? Uh -huh. 
And um, from that very young age of like I put that first drink of drug in me at the age of 13, you know what I mean? So wow. that was, you know, um, I began to experience consequences immediately, you know, um, because um, I started stealing from my parents, you know, stealing their change to go to penny candy stores, you know, to buy drinks, to buy weed and things like that. Then I would get paper routes and things like that, you know, and then I would be introduced into the street. You know, we start selling the marijuana, selling other drugs, things like that, um, which would um, begin a, for me to develop a lifestyle, right, um, that in the beginning you can mask it with you know, hustling and making money in the uh-huh. street, right? But after a while, like, even a monkey can't sell bananas, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> because you become your number one client, you know? Yeah. Mm. What is it that they say, don't use, if you sell, don't use your own supply yeah, or whatever? don't get high off your own yeah, supply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. That's what I meant to say. Notorious. But, you know. Notorious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it called? The ten crack commandments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But know. it's true. It's true. You don't. You don't. You know. Well. So go ahead. Sorry. Go no, ahead. I was gonna say it was a few things he said in that record. You know, if you're not getting bags, stay away from the police. Mm-hmm. You know. So like I, you know, that was that's another, you know, um, uh, 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 another trauma, right? Um, and I call it a trauma, but it's like it's one of them um, unrealistic virtues that I held on to for so long mm-hmm. in life. Right. I had if I tell you that I used heavy drugs from 1982 until 2011, which is a 29 year span. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about going in and out of prison, in and out of prisons, in and out of hospitals, in and out of institutions, you know, shot up, beat up, stabbed up, homeless. Sometimes plenty of money, no money, you know, all of those type of things, right? If I told you that, man, you know, um, then obviously I had to become a lot of different things and, you know, show up in a lot of different situations. Yeah. And then, like, we talk about putting different masks on for mm-hmm. years, right? Mm-hmm. And to, like, come into this process of recovery and be willing enough, right, to take a chance and walk through the fears because, like, they say we got to uncover Right. I'm I was trim- just about to say that. Say that like it's the biggest step you can take is probably mm-hmm. to unshed. Yes. Yeah. That mask. Yes. Right. right. Especially when you've been putting them on for so long. So they say you uncover in order to discover, in mm-hmm. order to recover. Because right. when I, uh, you, you feel me, mm-hmm. and, and and that's one of the slickest things I've ever heard in my life. But right. when I do right. those right. things, and when I do them with someone else, who's um. Um, believes in me, right, and wanted to help me. When I do it with them, you know, they help me to see some of the things that I'm still in denial about, some of the things that I still haven't become capable of getting honest about, like some types, you know, I suffered some abuse as a kid as well, sexual abuse and things like that. Uh So when you got, for me, another man sitting across from me, who sitting right there and I shared my stuff with him and he, you know, he don't judge me because fear kept me from not sharing this with anybody. But when he mm. sits right there and he don't judge me, then he share his stuff with me, right? Mm. It opens the door to, for me to get to what we call, like, in, in the recovery program I work in, getting to the exact nature of why all this stuff went on anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, I often share with people that, like, Drugs became the solution to my problem, right. right? So when I stopped using the drugs, it was my job to find out what was the problem. And face all that. What, you know, what was the problem? If, if, if drugs became the solution to the problem, mm-hmm. like a lot of us will think that just stopping using will fix everything. Yeah. Right. But something got you there. Something got yes, you to that exactly. point. So you have to really, if you don't face that and right. if you don't, try to you know what is i don't know if fix is the right word but mm-hmm. then you might go back to right. the drugs again right well that's why i say uncover it because yeah. when you uncover something whether it be behaviors attitudes situations you know um you become aware of them right like and right, once right. once i become aware of something right um and and no longer are in denial and denying that those things ever happened or ever did those things right um then i become open to change Right. Change is not possible until I find acceptance. Like right, I had right, to, right. you know, you could never tell me when I was in the street, living like a legend in my own mind, right? Right. You could never tell me. You could never walk up to me and call me a dope fiend or an addict, 
right? right? Because I took offense to that. Now, since I've have accepted that, right, that that was my problem. Now and I say it all the time freely. My name, you know, I'm an addict, and my name is Jack. I'm an addict first, right? Because right. that's something I can never forget. Right. Because right. if I forget that I have a disease, right, that has to be treated. You ask me why I'm always moving. I'm treating my disease. Right. 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 So. I like the, the term that you use as far as unmask. Mm -hmm. When you when you yourself unmasked, did you recognize that person anymore, or did you did you did you even know that was you? Like, because at some point you lose yourself, right? Absolutely. So when you unmasked to face yourself, did you, did who was that person? Right. Um, and, and and that's a great question. First of all, Thank because it's, it's it's something that we don't, um, you know, a lot of times. You know, we talked about I put the mask on at a young age. So mm -hmm. the person that I became, I was that person all along. My father instilled all of the morals and principles mm -hmm. and value systems and things in me. All Taught me all the good manners. Taught me, you know, how to talk, how to be respectful. He taught me all that stuff. It's mm -hmm. just that when I picked up that substance to cover up, them feelings that I was because I never told my father about that guy that got shot I never told my father you kept father, it to yourself right you know I stuffed it the right, woman right. that abused me when I was a child I said I bet not ever tell right I never told anyone any of that stuff until I got into recovery so when I started to uncover and discovered some of the things that had happened and that I had right. stuffed away that's why I would never talk about. I allowed myself to recover. And yes, I did recognize that person, right? Because in active addiction, I still would see my father, right? My brother, some of my friends that hadn't picked up the drugs or the lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. And I had for years got so far away from being that person, but I was still something about how God kept something for me to vision, mm -hmm. right? In the end, um, I was all alone, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was That was part of the, the spiritual death that I had to die in order to surrender, right? Um, so like I had gotten so sick and tired of living the way that I live I was living and being the person that I was in active addiction and wanted so badly right to get back To that person that I was raised as right because they say when you pick up a substance or a set of Behaviors right that that's where your growth stops Right your right. Your, your mental growing up Mm -hmm. Stops when you start, right? So in essence, I was still that little boy. That's what I was gonna ask you, mm -hmm. because I remember when I unmasked myself and right. started to realize who I was. Mm -hmm. I was gonna ask you, when you did you see a man there or a boy? And I saw a boy, like it was a boy mm -hmm. for me, because it was like, like you said, I stopped growing at that point mm -hmm. and just started to become this like, mm -hmm. what do you call it, this farce mm -hmm. in a sense? You know, you know, um, great question. Great setup, right? right. Because I was blessed to be able to leave the jungle, Baltimore City, right, and come to a place out here in Howard County that was conducive to my recovery and give me a chance to recover without fear of um, not being able to get honest with people and tell them the truth because like if I can't get honest about what happened to me I just talked about acceptance right mm -hmm. if I can't accept that some things happened then I can't start to grow from them right right mm -hmm. so I, I came out here man and I met some people some people that believed in me and wanted to help me right um, and they allowed me to be that little boy right um, my recovery, because I was willing to do whatever I had to do to recover, right, um, things started slow, right? I was, you know, I was put in positions where I was able to, like, be that little boy for a minute. I was in the Howard house, right, mm -hmm. um, where people fed me, where they told me when to go to bed, tell me make my bed, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and then as I began to move out of the little boy phase, because I had a sponsor, I was yeah. working, you know, some, I was getting help with the disease, right? Um, I started to recover a little bit, 
right? And I started to grow up a little bit. I became a little bit more responsible. They let me go work in a restaurant out here busting tables. Excuse me, sir, are you finished with that plate? That type of thing, which was mm -hmm. humiliating, which, which was, was exactly what I needed, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, had you given me any more, I would have thought I had arrived. But like it gave right. me, you it know. Humbled you. It humbled you, humbled you in a sense, yes, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so the more I grew up the, and became, the more responsible I became, the more my life began to change, the more them, some of these people that you see me running and go do things with today begin to task me with more responsibility, right? My life began to change and it started to have some sense of normalcy that I saw all my friends that didn't go left when I went left, right? Mm -hmm. um, so my life started to, I started to become a man, right? Right. It's funny how, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, yeah, I mean, we have a lot in common, you know, like, you know, yeah. I mean, there are things we, we have, I mean, we mm -hmm. probably don't have in common, but, mm -hmm. but there's a lot that we have in common because that growth process, like you said, if they didn't give you the, the room for that growth process, mm -hmm. you said you would have thought I would arrive, and mm -hmm. it's like you didn't have to work for it. Right. There yeah. was no growth there. Yeah. And yeah. which means you probably wouldn't have learned anything. Right. You know, um, every, every process, like I came into the process of recovery, but there was a process to do everything. I'm talking about to get a birth certificate, to get a social security card, to get a, you know, to pay child support. I owe $36,000 in child support when wow. I got You know, to get my driver's license, to get a car. And when I say these processes, right, um, I had to jump through where some people would go and they would just be in and out in five minutes. Right. I had to jump through every hoop, right? Yeah. And like, thank God I did, right? Because like, um, I didn't miss anything. Right. I ain't miss. A, I didn't miss anything. I did. I did everything I was told, right? Um, step by step. Step by step. Mm -hmm. Sometimes day I by felt day, day mm -hmm. by day, one mm -hmm. day at a time, right? Mm -hmm. and I guess those steps that you say is like. It's like taking it for granted for us, cause those are, right? Like those are milestones for you. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and what it does for me, it's the restoration, the sanity part, mm -hmm. right? Because it shows me the evidence, the right, and that like if I do the next right thing, I'm rewarded with the next right, right the thing. next, you know, and the, and and the growth process, and I'm still not done, right? Mm -hmm. I, you, you remember, I said I well I didn't tell you I went to prison in 1982. Okay. Right. Um, when I was 19 years old, I was given 15 years. Wow. Right. In the state of Maryland. So like, I had to grow up real fast. In there, right. Yeah. And I miss, you know, let's not even talk about the years where my parents took care of me. Right. But I miss those years of like developing bank accounts, developing credit. Right. The, you know, margin. You didn't I know did how to do. You didn't know how to do any of that. None of it. Yeah. Right. So when I tell you, then like. Um, I had a whole lot of sponsors, financial sponsors, relationship sponsors, recovery sponsors, you know, hmm. employment sponsors. I had people that took interest in me because I showed a special willingness, right, to want this. Like some people, um, not me, um, think, I did think this, that like at the age of 47, right, that, that life is over. Right, mm. that, that you've done everything you're gonna do, right. and it's the exact opposite. Right, there's plenty mm. of life left. I've yes. already proven that there's 11 more. I still take care of my mental, my physical, my emotional. You know, and like yeah. I feel like I'm getting younger, and that it's like it's going in reverse. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. It's like your Benjamin Button. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Nash. Thank you, Nash. Yeah. Good, good timing. <laughs> <laughs> but like. How, how, where do you see your, okay, so you see yourself now, right? Mm -hmm. Where you are now. And obviously every day is a struggle, right? Wrong, but I, Really? Know, right. Go ahead, get, well, explain that to me. Well, when I hear struggle, right, uh -huh. and sometimes I do stop people um, when mm -hmm. they say struggle, okay. right? Sorry. Because Sorry. I'm a, it's important how I talk to myself. Okay, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm struggling, I'm fighting something. Oh, okay. right. I've okay. lost the faith in the process, the faith in the higher power that got me to where right, I'm at, right, right. right? So there's a process for me, right, for um 
for practicing faith, right? Mm -hmm. um, for not fighting. Struggling is fighting. Right. Right. Fighting myself normally, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, no, every day isn't a struggle. Right, right. However, right, we often talked about that we want to be, I often talk about I want to be free. Okay. Um, from active addiction, free from all my other, you know, self-imposed, right, right, right. harmful ways of life that I practice, right? And that can be eating, right? But there's a um, the price of there's a price for freedom, and the price that I have, so I don't feel like I'm struggling, is to participate every single day. I don't take days off. So you see me moving, right? Right. It's important that I have a full plate. It's important that I have places to show up to regularly because, like, I still have a disease. Right. That's right, been right. arrested. Mm -hmm. right? It's, right. It doesn't go anywhere. No. Like, so if I don't treat it every single day, right, there's a chance because my disease won't attack me today. It won't just put a bag of dope in front of me. Mm -hmm. Right, it'll it'll it's it'll, different. It comes to you different ways. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and it can be through food, sex, gambling, shopping. It can come in any one any of those form. Ways, right, right. It's, I like the way you. So, not only is it important for you to be on the go, mm -hmm. but it's also important to because, like I said, I said the word struggle, mm -hmm. and you stopped me right there, and I was like, oh, so it's very important how he says things mm -hmm. in order right. for you to yeah. to focus on yourself. So, speech and um, what do you call it? Not speech, but the your verbal. Um, reframing, reframing, mm -hmm. and rewording things is important for yes. you yeah. because what when I say struggle, you said it's freedom, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. which I find a fascinating mm -hmm. transition. Right, that's amazing. Well, <laughs> pe people like us hate change, right? Okay. So mm -hmm. when I in the beginning of my process, when I was struggling with things, once again I told you I had I. I I was blessed to have people around me who weren't afraid to tell me about myself. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a negative way, but no. like they have the saying where they say, it's hard to see the picture if you're a part of the frame. Right. Right? Meaning right. that like um, denial is a bloop because <laughs> when I'm in denial, I'm unwilling to take an honest look at myself. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So most of the things that I was told early on in recovery, um, fearing change, I struggled with. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was made clear to me that the things that I fought the most, I fought them because I was afraid, afraid of the challenge, change. the change. Right. And every single one of them, because my sponsor would say, why are you scared? Come on. I'll walk through this process with you. Mm -hmm. And every one of them was exactly what I needed. It was they would be the biggest blessings that I would get in my life that I had today. The things that I struggled the most with. Right. I mean, they say what we fear is because we don't know. Yeah. So these hoops and stuff that you were going through, you didn't know how to go through them. So they gave you that strength yeah. to let you know that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. How important was that for you it to was, know that you were it not was alone? Monumental. It's, mm -hmm. it's still monumental. You know, mm -hmm. because like. I still, you know, I've done all, I, I'm, I'm still experiencing things in life today that I've never experienced. I haven't right. been where I'm at today. Right. Ever before, you know, um, so if I, if I don't um, start my day spiritually connected, right? Mm -hmm. Then something is all, I'm, I'm always going to be afraid, be off. right? Yeah. You know, um, I'm all right. Um, so like, still today, man, I have people who still, Believe me, believe in me, challenge me. I have a, a fam, my own family now. I've mm -hmm. started my own life out here, right? Um, and it, you know, I still have men and some women around me also who challenge me with taking another honest look at myself. Like, why are you fighting that? You know, I had a, you know, a situation a month ago, right? And, and I'll say this real quick: where I was offered. Um, to be a director of a program, right? Wow. Um, a lot of money and like fear is the first thing that always pops mm -hmm. up. Because yeah. right? yeah. I'm comfortable with what I'm doing, right? right? Fear will rob you of your dreams. Fear of success, right? too. Fear, for fear sure. of success, yeah. yeah. For sure, you know. So um, I had people tell me, and because I, 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 I said, you know, I've got two more years for I invested, I'm working for the government, I have a government pension, and I made all these excuses up. Right. right, and they right. were like, "No, they're excuses." Right? Why are you afraid to do something different? 
Uh, right, and these are people I know that love me, and I wanted to be like, I'm not afraid. But yeah, but fear. they see your potential, and yeah. they know your potential. Exactly, you know. Mm -hmm. And you do too. I can see For that sure. you do too. For sure. You know. But you just, yeah, you talk. You so, were like trying to. Were you trying to talk to yourself? Talk yourself out of it? Yes. Yeah. No. That's the honest. Then it's probably the first time I've said that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? This is this is from what you. This is what you are. You yeah. you're so open and yeah. honest about things that you. You know, you're you're doing that with yourself right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Right. So how does how does Jack Matthews start his day? As soon as he wakes up, what does he do? I put a pot of coffee on. It's real simple because I developed a ritual early on. I put a pot of coffee on. I used to smoke. I don't smoke anymore. I used to put a pot of coffee. I've got a spiritual reading I do. <laughs> right, right. That's right. I um put a pot of coffee on, I got my spiritual reading I do, I pray, I meditate, mm -hmm. right? Um and 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 I look at my calendar, you know right. what I mean. And I start how I go, you know. I have two full time jobs, so I work every day. Wow. You know, um, I have a home. I have a, I, you know, I have been, like, I, I live a life beyond my wildest dreams today. So you never thought you'd have something like this today, ever, ever. Well, I shouldn't say that. When I was living in fantasy land, right? right when I would think I'm gonna get rich, you yeah, know, in the yeah, street. Yeah. I always dreamed that I would have this life, right? Right. But the life that I have today, doing the right thing, right, um, is you know, is is way, is, you know, the street life can't compare to it. Right. 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 How? I mean, oh, Stephen's got yeah. a question. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So um, you mentioned that you uh, have two. Do you work at a two? You have two full-time jobs. Yes. Could you? Uh, well, I already know what the. I think I know what the two are, but um, one of them um, is the uh, the Howard House working yes. there. Yes. Could you um, like give? Could could you uh, for the people that are listening sure. who will be listening? Um, could you uh, give some shed some insight sure. on that and give some information on what that's all about? Yes. Um, for those who know a little bit about places like the Howard House, which is a 16-bed men's inpatient treatment facility, a 3.3, 3.1 level of care, right? Mm -hmm. um, and which is exactly what I went to after 3.7 mm -hmm. um, inpatient care in 2011. I went there, and when I talk about not having to go back to the jungle, right, that's mm -hmm. where they sent me, to that place, right, where they tell you, you know, we, yeah, we feed them, we give them a place to sleep. They don't have any pressures of the world. So it's a place where 16 men, right, early on in their recovery, come and learn some tools, right, some different coping mechanisms we give them um, so that when, because, you know, mental health and substance use disorder is what we treat there, right? right? We give them some different coping strategies, some different tools because um, life on life terms is always going to show up. So we teach them that there, right? right. Um, we acclimate them back into society. We get them, you know, after a period of time, they get their cell phones, they get to go on six-hour passes, they get to get a job. We get them started with bank accounts, get them their ID, births. I did all that, right? Yes. That's where I did it. Everything I described earlier, mm -hmm. I did it there. Mm -hmm. You know, so the Howard House is like that place that's near and dear to my heart, right? Because, I, you know, I'm, I'm the evidence that it works, right? You know, right, you want right. to say what happens to men when they come out of the Howard House? I say, me, this is what happens, right? right? Evidence-based. Yes, you yeah. know, and, and with the health department, um, the health department has me doing a plethora of things. I'm a registered peer supervisor. I'm a certified peer recovery specialist, you know, and the things that I do there, you know, I talked about prison and the years I've stayed, stayed in prison, right? I work on the law enforcement assisted diversion program. I, write, I work right with Howard County Police, you know, um, diverting people from the penal system and to getting them help, right, getting them treatment. Uh, I work at um, Leola Dorsey. I come here to have, Leola Dorsey is a, a, a homeless shelter where we feed mm -hmm. people. We go in there and I offer um, just resources, man. I come here to own our own and be, a, you know, on our own is special to me. Like I come here and I've met, a, you know, I've developed a whole new family here. Um, I go into the detention center twice a week and I do treatment groups for people who can't get out the treatment, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. I get to go and give back freely what was freely given to me in all the places that I had made a mess of my life in, right? Mm. You know, so um, I've been put into, you know, 
my work isn't my recovery. However, I'm, I'm able to share everything that has been given to me in recovery with the participants that I work with. Uh, do you have a question, Ajma? I thought I saw you unlock your mic. Yes. You forgot. Jesus. You forgot. Okay. No, I'm doing four. I have 11 years and three months in recovery. Yes, clean. Wow. Right. Congratulations. Like, like my man Steve over there said, one day at a time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's a miracle because I couldn't get one day without putting something in me, right? Wow. You know, um, and you know we ha I have a disease that can manifest itself in so many different ways, right? Mm -hmm. It can, you know, because um, I still like ice cream and cake and cookies and mm -hmm. stuff like, and I can't eat them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, because I'm trying to live longer today. I'm not trying to kill myself a mm -hmm. donut at a time or a slice of cake. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, do I do indulge. I do indulge. No, you gotta indulge once in a while, right? So um so hearing you is very important that you give back. Not for for everybody else, but really just for you it helps you give back. Yeah. It shows you where you can be, where you are and where you can be. Mm -hmm. Um are people when you go to the prisons, like you said, um, how receptive are they to you? You know, um, I had a, I work with a therapist in the detention center. We do what we call the Bureau of Addiction. Mm -hmm. And we sat in group yesterday with 20 men, right? Um, and this therapist and myself and this therapist, this was the first day with this particular group. And she introduced me. The way that she introduced me, was that like, you know, she said, this is Jack, and he is the one peer in Howard County that we all fight over, right? Aww. To get the degree to work with. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you That's know, awesome. it's, it, I'm able to communicate. It's something about when you've been hopeless. I've been hopeless. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't know what hopeless is, meaning, you know, for me, that I said, like, I was going to die the way that I was living in a, you know, Mm -hmm. Park Heights and Garrison with no way out, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, they're coming around here and finding plenty of hope, right? Um, some people I know sit in those groups and the way that I communicate the message of recovery and that there is, we, they say we share our experience, our strength, and our hope, right? So people hear what I say. I, I, I have a thing, and I was told this before. They said, Jack, when you speak from the heart, mm -hmm. it reaches the heart. Mm -hmm. right. right. Well, it's like, I mean, people in prison will tell you right away, they can see bullshit right away. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, they hear the genuine honesty from you, like you, right. you, you say being honest, uh, and they hear that, yeah. and they receive that. Yeah, man. Um, and, 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 and the thing about it is, you know, what I do is I get people help. Uh -huh. Right, because we didn't. When I was coming through the prison systems and things, right, I didn't know that there was help. Now uh -huh. that I know it's my job, right, I take it personally every day to get up and help somebody. To let them I, know there's help there's out there. There's help out there, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. when you, when I walk into that detention center, you know, um, I'm walking around with a radio and I got my keys to the cells right here. Right? Uh -huh. I can open something. And, um, I'm like a get out of jail free card, uh, right? So the guys are like, hey, Mr. Jack, can you help me today? And like, it's no better feeling, right? Because right, no, right, right, it right. feeds my spirit, right? Um, mm -hmm. And lets me know that people know now because I come in there and I carry the message, I represent the message, right? Mm -hmm. I don't come in there cursing, speaking out the side of my neck, no hats, cocks, you know, everything about me has changed. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not living with those masks on anymore, right? Yeah. That falsely representative guy that I was in the streets. Right. I'm not him anymore. So, like, I come in there as a responsible, productive member of society, right? Mm -hmm. um, and people see it, right? And a lot of times, you know, um, not a lot of times out here, but, you know, I see people who... Um, knew me in active mm -hmm. addiction. The pastor in there, I grew up with him. Mm -hmm. He knows, right? Um, and he sees me, man, and he's like, every time he sees me, I can, 
He's, he always said, you got that glow around you, right? Wow. <laughs> and, you know, he said, man, God got you covered, you know, because I'm on a mission. What a better what better validation is that, like, right. hearing for something like that? It don't get any better, man. No. Don't get any better. So, so you have a question, Ash? So I did. <laughs> You see how I take notes, Nash? <laughs> Maybe you should. Yeah, yeah. I take notes. When you say something, yeah, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. I don't want to forget. Take some notes, Nash. <laughs> you know? One job. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. <laughs> what? You have a question? Yes. Ask it. There you go. This is the okay. time. So, so uh, I was just curious. So, like, in jail. Like how, how do you like um do the do the audition like how do you um how do you like not different like how do you like talk like like, like sorry sorry too. how do you talk in the jail how do I talk to the people yeah like 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 is it a wrong room or they all going to other or 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 one on one like, is, oh, yeah. is it a one-on-one, -on -one or is it, well, it's both. It's, it's both. It's both. It's, okay. it's usually a group of 10, 15, 20 men, uh -huh. but we do do individuals, you know, Talking, um, yeah. a lot of times, you know, um, remember, in jail, right? So a lot of times, in the beginning of the group, they haven't developed the ability to not feel the peer pressure, mm -hmm. so they won't you know, talk as openly and honestly, but they'll say, can I speak, see you at the group? You know, and I was like, I really want some help. And then, you know, you're, you know, I've had it where one person will, you know, share some of that traumatic stuff, right? Um, and break down crying and everything, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Right. So it gives everyone else permission. And I'll cry, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I share stuff in there with it that gets me emotional and right. it gives them permission to be open and honest. Right, right, So right. sometimes it is a group. Sometimes it's one, one individual, one. yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, I've never been to prison, but yeah. I can't imagine how hard it must be to be, to be uh, open. You know, you're you're spending your days in there probably. You know, trying to not be a, I guess, a victim. Right. Yeah. And yeah. is that the right word? That's a good word. You know, you 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 know, if you're a person like myself, mm -hmm. um, you know. There were times I was a victim in jail, but most of the time, I, you know, I, some people um, have to spend time not to be a predator. Right. right? right. Not because you can be just as messed up in jail as you are not in jail. Like right. you can still participate in behaviors. You know, you can get locked up while you locked up. I've done it. Right? In your head, right? <laughs> well, in your well, you. In yes, your behavior, definitely. In your but head. I mean your behavior, right? Right. You know, you can do things in recovery. I mean, in 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 in, in jails and prisons, where they'll still lock you up. You know, like use drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, commit violence, steal people's stuff. You know, I think rob people. Mm -hmm. All that stuff still happens. You know, so jail is still not a nice place, right? No. So to have when you have people who, you know, um, I remember in in nineteen eighty. In 1991, I had a judge ask me, he said, Mr. Matthews, why don't you let me get you some help? Uh -huh. Right? Nin 1991, 92. And I told you I got clean. I came into recovery in 2011. Because right. I told him, I said, help? Help with what? Because uh -huh. I was still in denial. I didn't think I had a problem. Right, right. I just thought the police didn't like me. That's why I kept getting locked up. <laughs> Blaming others. <laughs> right. For yeah. your behavior, right. right? right. Okay. So now, obviously, I don't know the jails or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But but if there is, and if not, like, do you think there should be like just a jail just for life for people like, who have, who who are in jail just for life over life or drug? Have you said is there just a specific jail just for death? Do, do you? She said life or death. No, I said is there a jail for life just for just for people who. Everybody's with everybody else, whether no, you're in no. addict or mental health, right? Well, yeah, well, there are different no, jails, no. there are different okay. levels of security. Yeah. Yes, there are. Um, jail 
is more controlled now than what the, the new and prisons the they day. built them back in the day. Back in the day, you could come out and you could just run and commit all kinds of heinous mm. crimes in jail. Now, if you ever walk into a, a newly built jail or prison, every 10 feet, you got to be buzzed through somewhere. There are cameras everywhere watching mm. you, right? Um, mm. So, um, people with different um, criminal records, different types of charges are housed together, right? They wouldn't put a person who's shoplifting on a section with a person that's going to jail for murder. Right. Oh, okay. That wouldn't happen. You know, um, you have the jail that I do the treatment out here is with is pre-trial. Um, right. Before they have, trial. Right. They, they haven't convicted been yet. convicted. So they want oh. treatment in uh. opposition to time in prison. So I want to ask you this question mm -hmm. before we have to wrap up. Yeah, but yeah. I want to know what does Jack Matthews say to someone that's in prison, or anybody that right. even out, you know, out and about trying it for help. Mm -hmm. What is one of the things that you tell them to strike hope in their heart? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things besides being. Um, so so transparent with my story and telling my story right because I have a I have different disclosure policies depending on where I'm working at you know but most of the time you know if they ask I tell them right I share my story right um, and like I talk about giving hope to the hopeless and like I under, I tell them you know that um, um, no you don't you know um, there is a way out right. We don't have to live up, you know, to the lie, once an addict, always an addict, right? That's not true. I've, I've killed that lie, like, not just myself, but millions of other people, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, they, we have this thing where we talk about winning desperation, you know what I mean? If you're desperate and you need some help, there are a lot of places that are all for help, you, you know, um, to give you, to show you a way out. You have people like myself and thousands of other people who will grab your hand and walk you through the process of finding what type of help you need, where we can send you. You know, we what I do and a lot of other people that I work with do is that we remove the barriers. So I explain the barriers that stand in the way, right, of mm -hmm. people being open for help, you know, um, and that's what I, t I tell them, you know, uh, you don't have to live like that anymore. Yeah, it's it's um, one of the things I can, like I saw with my brother in a sense, because my brother was an addict and mm -hmm. he went to prison mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And one of the things is like, I, can, I got to see like there was, in my for me it was like two types of prison with him. Like one, he was in prison, mm -hmm. but when he came out, when he had the chance to come out and do, do things, maybe try to change things and all that stuff. It was like he was in a prison in his mind mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where he didn't see a change. Mm -hmm. He didn't see that he could do something else. He didn't see any of that. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you tell people with that? Yes. Like, we're trying to, because, and that might be the biggest prison ever. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned that earlier as well, right? Uh -huh. um, because I was that person. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I was locked up even when I wasn't locked up. Right. You know what I mean? Self-imprisonment, self-imposed prison um, is one of the toughest things to break free from. Yeah. You know, however, um, you can get free from it. You know, the, the way that I did it is that, like, I had to erase right and it takes time it isn't just pushing the button right delete. i had to relate erase and unlearn what you've learned all, all that stuff it's like man. a reprogramming of the mind it is you know um and once again it's important to surround yourself with positive people i had, I had somebody early i remember my my father used to always tell me my father passed away when i had nine months clean he used wow. to always because i had a i would be like trying to say like my roommate and i would be like my cell buddy I still was talking like that, right? Wow. That's why I say, you know, I try not to curse anymore. I try not to, you know, the hip slick and fairly cool stuff is gone. Because when, I, when I, I'm demonstrating, if I'm acting like that, I'm demonstrating that I should be still locked up, right? Wow. So I've learned by keeping people around me who um, have found a way out also, right? Mm -hmm. And they show me how to live, right? right. Mm -hmm. They show me how to live and I'm able to show other people I um, I tell them guys, even the ones that are physically in the jail that I work in now, I take them books, right? I say, you know, just because you're in here doesn't mean you have to be locked up, 
Mm-hmm. Right, you can free your mind. Like right. not being locked up is about freeing the mind. Right, being open for change. Right, doing something different. Like for all those years I talked about, I used drugs and participated in a negative lifestyle. I kept doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right, expecting different results. results. I never did anything different. If you want something different, do something different. Challenge yourself. Don't hold back and give in to the fears that have kept you stuck where you've been stuck for however many years, right? Take a chance, right? I had a guy say, um, he say, Jack, do something good for yourself today. You couldn't do it for a better person. That uh-huh. went way over my head at first, right? Uh-huh. But it's important for me. You ask me, how do I start my day? Right. By doing something good for myself, praying, meditating, Right, coffee. Coffee, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> the the gym, starts, you know what I mean. The gym, yeah, man. Like what, you know, it's yeah. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. Remember that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause like you can. It's true. You, a lot of people are locked up and don't even know it. Yeah. Don't yeah. even know it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow, yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah, man. It's incredible to talk to you. <laughs> I could be here all day talking to you, Jack. Yeah, yeah, but, man, it's been fun. Yeah, been please fun. come back. Yeah, and, um, and um, even if just come back if you want to come back and be a co-host yeah, too. Yeah, okay, it'd yeah. be awesome, man. Yeah. But thank you for sharing everything you share. And I feel like we kind of like I got to get to know you better because I never, glad. I've never gotten yeah. to really talk to you deeply about yeah, this yeah. stuff. So I'm glad, man. Yeah, man. I'm glad. You have one more question, Steve, or you? Well, it's not a question, it's a comment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, from my experience, um, um, getting to know you, Jack, oh, um, from all these years, yeah. um, oh my, <laughs> oh my, um, I'm inspired. Um, uh, your glow, your presence, mm-hmm. and um, the way that you uh, carry yourself on the regular mm-hmm. and your drive, your focus, your uh, I know I'm going over and on and on, but it's so much. <laughs> no, but it's yeah, he won't know, stop. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's true. It's true. Uh, like, there's like, you know, you is like you found you have this newfound respect for yourself. Like, you yeah. say you don't yeah. talk like this. It's like yeah. you walk the walk, you talk the talk. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so important. Like what I learned here today mm-hmm. from you, because you know, like I'm gonna and I'm gonna try to use this every day for myself, mm-hmm. is um, changing my vocabulary in a sense where I am nicer to myself, and be careful what I say that might something that I say might take me down mm-hmm. and, yeah. and make me feel crappy or yeah. depressed. Like I need to uplift myself. Yeah, man. And I all see that. You, and I see that all. In, oh, I see that in you. Okay. And I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna learn. That's one thing I learned today. It's a great yeah. tool. It I, is. I man. use it with everybody. You know. Yeah. Um, and it, it's all about processing how mm-hmm. I talk to myself. Yeah, because we, you know, it's so easy for us to be negative. Let's yeah. try to be positive yeah. with ourselves. That's you know? the easiest. We thing program our mind, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you again, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Jack Matthews from the Howard. Um, the health department. Howard County Health Department. Howard County Health Department. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to follow us or subscribe to our podcast. To see who will be on our next show next Sunday, you can visit our website at onourownhc.org. Any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at info at ooohci.org. Or you can call us at 410-772-7905. Want to be a guest or a co-host? You can email us at ams at ooohci.org. We would love to have you. Najma, wrap it up. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yes, you have. I know you just want to stay here and talk to Jack all day. <laughs> <laughs>